Despite overwhelming need, why was the most important work in all of human history done without hurry? Learn more on this episode where we discuss what we can learn from Marge as we seek to be people of stability with heightened awareness by slowing down and growing in simplicity in order to become like Christ. Welcome to Fiction That Forms Us, stories that inspire us and practices that help us change. A podcast where we explore life-changing stories with characters whose journeys give us a vision for a better way of life. Through God's invitation and grace to practice spiritual disciplines, we can journey toward becoming fully human like Jesus as we live in the kingdom of God in the here and now. This is the final episode of season one. Thanks again to all our guests and their wisdom and wonderful discussions. We have been blessed to have listeners all over the world from the US, Canada, UK, and Australia to South Africa, Montenegro, Sweden, and many other countries. Thank you, thank you. If you can spare a few minutes, please give us an honest review. It will help us continue to grow. We have some great guests lined up for season two, so be sure to sign up for our newsletter at fictionthatformsus.com or subscribe through your favorite podcast app to be notified when the next season begins. I am your host, Christy Lahoda, and today we'll be continuing our discussion on the character Marge Gunderson in the crime thriller film Fargo, directed and produced by the Coen brothers. In the last episode, we learned that life presents us with choice after choice after choice, and Marge lives her life in such a way that her choices lead her down a path of light. Today, we will continue our discussion of Marge and how we can grow in stability and awareness by living a life of simplicity and slowing down. I'm joined again by my teacher and friend, Abba Chris Hall, retired president of Renovare and former director of academic spiritual formation, as well as distinguished professor of theology at Eastern University. Let's dive back into the conversation. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about spiritual practices. What kind of spiritual disciplines or practices can we do to basically to help ourselves become whole like Marge portrays in Fargo. Not much is said in the film about Marge's religious life. And she might not even be. And she might not even be religious. But for us, I would say it's all about Jesus for a Christian. It's all about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. So it's all about Jesus. So the question becomes, how can we be ever more deeply formed into his image so that we reflect him, his perspectives, ideas, actions. Those are reflected in our own lives. So I can only tell you what I do. And what I do is I spend, even when I, you know, when I had these really crazy jobs where I was, I was basically 24-7 at the university for a stretch and definitely administrative jobs. And then with Red of R, it wasn't 24-7, but it's still everything stops up at my desk. Now I have more time. That's nice. It looks good on you. What I do is spend time nurturing a relationship. Well, what are the different practices I might engage in? Well, I look at how Jesus lived and I ask myself the question, what did he do to stay spiritually healthy? And he's not infected with the, with the disease I have. He's not infected with the disease of sin, but still as an embodied self, he engaged in certain practices. So, you know, he learned to pray. He fasted, he studied, and so on. So, all right. Well, if, if Jesus found it necessary to do so, 
and I want to become ever more deeply like him, then surely I need to be engaged in those specific practices. So what do I do? Well, now that I have more time, but even when I was in those jobs, I would still do this. I, I would get up early and just have a time of prayer, silence, immerse myself in the scripture, fasting, meditation, chewing on a text like a cow chews on its cud. Probably yeah, I had probably maybe seven different disciplines that I would engage in over the years. And I think by God's grace, I've actually changed a little bit. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of work to be done. Uh, but I, I think it's encouraging to see what how God's grace has touched me. But God's grace touched me through different means. God likes to use to be maybe more technical, God likes to use secondary means. Hmm. Oh, God can act directly, surely. Mm-hmm. I mean, God seems to enjoy using secondary means. So if I'm going to learn the Bible well, well, I need to study the Bible. So that's the discipline of studies. And so if I'm, yet if I want to be changed by what I'm reading, I need to go beyond studies. So something like uh, in Latin, meditatio scriptura, or meditation on scripture would help. And it has helped me. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which means uh, my besetting sin is gluttony. <laughs> so I don't want one donut. I want three donuts. So the, the discipline of fasting has helped me at that point, where I've learned you don't have to succumb immediately to what your body is saying. You must have this, and you must have it now. It's hard to turn down so much of a good thing, though. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard. But what's happening on any number of levels is we're using what God has given us. So we have a mind. We're using our minds. We're using our central nervous system, our ability to imitate, for example, just like an athlete will perform certain exercises in order to be able to attain a certain level. We're just using what God has provided for us to get to a new place. So what did I do this morning? So I got up this morning and John Bailey, who's with Renovari, John Bailey has this wonderful Bible app, Dwell. I actually thought of him when you said you were seven on the Enneagram, because John is too. Yeah, we're dangerous when we're together. (laughs) I bet. So uh, I used his Bible app and he always uh, just tap on that app and he's got a certain passage that the team there selected. So today it was Third John of all places, which I might read once every five years. So I listened to that. And then they have Anglican series of readings. You just tap on the Anglican square. For me, they have a Catholic uh, series of readings. I just tapped on the Catholic uh, and listened to those different readings from the scripture. And then I have something called the Liturgy of the Hours which I, I get every month from Word on Fire Ministries. And so I went through the Liturgy of the Hours. I was actually looking at buying those. Oh, that's very helpful. It's three years worth, right? Eventually you get three years worth. Yeah, so this is monthly. I did the readings for the day, the prayers for the day. They're usually psalms, different psalms. And then I'll, use, I'll pray the rosary. But when I pray the rosary, um, I'm praying for different people. I have in the back of my journal different names of different people, different situations. As I'm praying through the rosary, I'll be praying about these different situations. That takes 27 minutes, exactly. And then 
I went over to church today and went to confession. That was good. I learned to love confession. I did my first confession recently. You did? Yeah. Yeah. In the in the Anglican church, but it was the first time I'd ever done it. Yeah, I think it's really a good thing. It is. And then um, I, I went to Mass, the Eucharist. So those, those were about the first uh, two and a half, three hours of my day. Do you go to Mass every day? If I'm in town, I'll go to Mass. St. Pass is a you know four-minute drive. And oh. uh, so I, I, I do really love going there. Priests, they're really uh, wise folks and so on. So I, it's a blessing to me. And then I'll come home and I might write and enjoy being with family. My uh, daughter and her husband and granddaughter live with us right now. Oh. Uh, because uh, the landlord raised their rent suddenly by $800 a month. Oh, my goodness. So they live with us now, and so stuff will be going on at home. And because I'm not on the road and I'm retired, I might go for a walk later on and so on. So it's, a, it's a really a different pace of life compared to what I was used to for so many years. But even in those really busy years, I think that general pattern was present there. And I think it carried me through. So this is kind of your rule of life, basically, like yeah. how you order your life in order to become more like Jesus, right? Yeah, that's right. That's the goal. I don't fall in love with spiritual disciplines. You know, I'm not really interested in, in spiritual disciplines. I'm interested in Jesus. Alma Mimi. I call her Alma Mimi because she's my spiritual mom. I feel like she she talked about how spiritual, spiritual discipline, spiritual practices are just a way of opening us up to... God and what God is doing. Yeah, they're like scaffolding, a trellis. Maybe think of a trellis. You're the vine, I'm the vine, I'm growing up and maturing and so on. But I've got a trellis that I can use to support the growth that's taking place. That's just a metaphor, but I think sometimes the image of a trellis, sometimes the image of a ladder, number of metaphors would come to mind. And so Marge and Fargo, with how just stable she was she seemed like she had some sort of rule of life because how else would you interact with all the evil i think in the film the only glimpses that we get maybe something like the discipline of simplicity Hmm. it seems to me that she and norm are not terribly concerned about a lot of the things that concern other folks they have a very sweet paced simple life together and they're going to be welcoming a baby into the world, and they're excited about that. And that baby will grow up in that context of uh, uh, peace and security and love. What's not told us is how she got to be that way. Yeah, I I was hoping for some sort of character development because she she's just stable through the whole movie. She's the same. She doesn't really change. She, you know, they made some uh, they they've made uh, some other films about Fargo. Where they have her younger. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know. I, I remember watching them. They were interesting. I can't remember exactly them nearly as clearly as, as this particular film. The life experiences she has and so on to get to that place. Well, that would be interesting. Or in this film, you know, she's uh, chief of police. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of I talked to Ted, um, had him on as the first guest on fiction that forms us and we talked about the bishop from les miserables and the bishop is a very just 
really like Marge, just a very stable character through the whole book. But it does kind of refer back to his former life before he became a first a priest and then bishop. And it talked about the slow process of formation that he went through. And even though we don't see it in actual real time, it they indicate, Hugo indicates that it's there, that he had to go through a process to become who he became. I have a, you've heard this phrase from me before. Uh, I have a mentor, uh, Jim Houston, who just turned 100. <clears throat> 100 years old. And uh, he told me this 30 years ago, Chris, Spiritual formation is the slowest of all human movements. Yes. The slowest of all human movements. And so, like the bishop in Mamie Sarah or Marge, there's no quick way to become the kind of person that we would desire to be. There's no quick way to be formed into the image of Jesus. And we want it fast. Yeah, we do. I'm a seven. <laughs> I'm a four, and I want it fast, too. <laughs> I think... Dallas Willard, you know, we mentioned him and he talks about what, what is his quote on hurry? Eliminate, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Yeah. Right. And Richard said, hurry is not of the devil. Richard Foster, hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. Wow. That's good. Yes. In a different way, uh, this book that's coming out from me in the spring, I talk about that quote, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. I actually looked up the definition of ruthlessly <laughs> without compassion. Wow. That's how to deal with it. And th- in this case, with hurry. And John said, uh, I think John said, that's good. What else is there? Which and John? John from the Bible or John? Ortberg. Oh, Ortberg. Yes. Yeah, John Ortberg. And, and, uh, was this said, when he was talking to Dallas and that's what Dallas told him? He doesn't say it's Dallas in, in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was Dallas. Yeah. And, And Dallas says, there is nothing else. Huh. There is nothing else to, but eliminating hurry. Eliminating hurry. You have to, that's a good one, Dallas. What else you got for me? There is nothing else. That's what Dallas. So that's kind of like church father Abba giving a word. So Dallas was giving John, John a word and said, that's what you must do. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing else. And Dallas's quote on ruthlessly eliminating hurry. Well, we think it was Dallas. Actually, I'm pretty sure we know it was Dallas, right? Well, I wish it, John doesn't say so in the book. I'll have to ask him the next time I see him, but he doesn't say so in the book, but I, I think it's pretty sure it is. Okay. Well, we suspect it was Dallas Willard. And that actually makes me think of Marge and Fargo and how she's just not in a hurry. Yeah. So maybe that's like one of our top virtues of becoming like Jesus, right? Just eliminating hurry, slowing well, down. What's remarkable about him is he's busy. There's lots to do, but he never seems frenetic. He never seems in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. He sees things like he sees he's passing through Jericho and he sees this little man up in a sycamore tree, Zacchaeus. He sees him and he calls him down and says, well, I'm going to, I'm eating with you tonight. And Zacchaeus, his life has changed. Mm. Very busy, a lot of work to be done. Most important work in human history, but not at a frenetic pace. 
Because if we, if we work at a frenetic pace, we won't be seeing what we should be seeing and we won't be hearing what we should be hearing. So noticing would be probably the best fruit from eliminating hurry. Yeah. And then we can be we can be available to God. In a different way, I, I talked about, uh, to illustrate uh, what we're talking about, I talked about Debbie and I, Debbie's my wife. We lived in France, and so we, we thought it would be fun to go on the TGV. Uh, TGV is the train de grande vitesse, the train of great speed. And so uh, we, we got on the train, but the train was going so fast, we couldn't really look out the window because everything's kind of a blur and you get a headache. So we didn't really see anything, but we got there quickly. And so there's something in there that's a lesson I think to be learned. That's wonderful. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Um, do you have any last insights that you want to share? Yeah, well, when it comes to film, know yourself. Know yourself, I would say to those listening. And for some of us, the way we're wired, we can watch certain things and we shouldn't watch other things. Know what encourages you, know what might cause you to fall or would might feed a temptation of some kind, for example. So use discernment with film. I'm not sure everybody should see Fargo, but some people should see it. Mm. I would just use a discerning spirit for this particular art form. And I think uh, if you use a discerning spirit, you can be blessed. And you saw so much more in the movie than I did. So I appreciate the conversation and always looking for that light in the darkness, right? Yeah, that's right. Great to be with you. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks again to Abba Chris Hall for giving us insight on how the character Marge Gunderson from the film Fargo shows us stability and awareness through simplicity and resisting hurry. You can find a link to Chris's new book as well as his other books on this episode's page on our website. I wanted to highlight that Abba Chris is an expert in the patristics, church fathers as well as church mothers. He was an associate editor for the series Ancient Christian Commentary on Scripture, published by IVP Academic. I have begun receiving these monthly and I highly recommend them if you are interested in what the patristics had to say about scripture. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Fiction That Forms Us. To read articles, learn more about this episode's guest, as well as what we've discussed, visit fictionthatformsus.com. Connect with us on social media through Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to those also on our website. This podcast was produced by Rob Lahoda. Our theme music is All Flame from the Carolyn Aarons album Recognition. Learn more at carolynaarons.com. May God grace us with more of his presence as we learn to fully live in the kingdom of God by aligning our will with God's will. Until next time, omnia corda inflamate. Set every heart on fire.